Hello ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Yesterday we had the introduction of Hebrews, which hopefully was not too confusing. I shared there are scholars who believe that Paul wrote this book and others who do not. I believe it was someone other than Paul, but the truth is it does not change the content at all. What I do want to warn you about, ladies, is when you read or listen to a pastor and they are so dogmatic about such a thing, especially when it does not matter, instead of telling you the options and letting you decide what you believe, people like that I just don't trust very much. Now, this book of the Bible is unlike any other book because we call it a letter and it is a written document sent to encourage, but it is not like any other letter in the Bible. The writer calls it a word of exhortation in chapter 13, verse 22, which is like a sermon. And we will see that he challenged the Jewish Christians to stay faithful until the end. I hold to the view that the letter went to the Jewish church in Jerusalem because he talks of the tabernacle and the Jewish way of worship. And I also hold to the belief that the letter or the exhortation arrived before AD 70 when the temple was destroyed because he mentioned that Jesus is better than these rituals. But again, theologians hold different views. I mentioned that one thing we do know is that James, the pastor in Jerusalem, who is also Jesus's half-brother, died around AD 62. So it could have been sent to encourage them after this difficult time. In this book, we see that the writer uses the word better 13 times. Jesus is better than the angels, chapter 1, verse 4. There are better things in chapter 6, verse 9. The less is blessed by the better, chapter 7, verse 7. There is a better hope, chapter 7, verse 19. A better covenant, chapter 7, verse 22. And chapter 8, verse 6. Better promises also in chapter 8, verse 6. Better sacrifices, chapter 9, verse 23. Better possessions, chapter 10, verse 34. Better Country, chapter 11, verse 16. A Better Resurrection, chapter 11, verse 35. Something Better, in chapter 11, verse 40. And A Blood That Speaks Better, chapter 12, verse 24. Leon Morris said, This strong emphasis on what is, quote, better, arises from the author's deep conviction that Jesus Christ is better and that he has accomplished something better than anyone else. In the first three verses, we see that Jesus is better than the prophets. The prophets were servants. Christ is the son. The prophet's message looked to the future fulfillment and Christ fulfilled it. Prophets were mortal but Christ is immortal. Now the rest of chapter one and two cover that Jesus is better than the angels. In chapter one, verse four, the writer said, the son is better than the angels and he has inherited a more excellent name than they have. In chapter one, verse five, we see that Jesus is the son of God. 
Yet in chapter 1, verse 6, we see that the angels worship the Son. In chapter 1, verse 7, we see that the angels belong to God and were created by him. But with the Son, in chapter 1, verse 10, he was the agent of creation. In chapter 1, verse 2, the Son is enthroned like God. And in chapter 1, verse 14, the angels minister to him. In chapter 2, verse 5, we see that the angels do not help in salvation. Yet the Son, who was made lower than the angels for a time, he brings salvation. In verses 5 through 14 of chapter 1, the writer quotes seven Old Testament scriptures. Psalm chapter 2, verse 7. Psalm 2 is a song about the king of Israel. Psalm 97, verse 7. This psalm's theme is that God, our awesome conqueror, is righteous and just. Psalm 104, verse 4 tells of God the creator and sustainer of creation. Psalm 45, verse 6 and 7, which is a psalm of celebration. Psalm 102, verse 25, 26, and 27, this psalm is a song of lament. It is a prayer of the afflicted who cries out to God. Psalm 110, verse 1, is quoted, which is a psalm of David about the credentials for the Messiah. Psalm chapter 103, verses 20 and following, is a psalm of praise. Plus, it shows the kingship. And it declared that the Lord has established his throne in the heavens, which is also a theme throughout this book. We find it in chapter 1, verse 3, chapter 1, verse 13, chapter 8, verse 1, chapter 8, verse 4, chapter 10, verse 12, chapter 11, verse 15, chapter 12, verse 2, chapter 12, verse 21, and verse 22. One Old Testament reference, which was given in my New American Standard Bible, was from Joshua chapter 10, verses 24 and 26. And this gave me a different picture to verse 13. But to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? I always thought about sitting on a couch with my feet up on the footstool. However, in Joshua, the Israelites conquered five kings and put them bound on the ground. And he called the chief men of war to come and put their feet on the necks of the kings in which they defeated. They did. And then Joshua said, do not fear or be dismayed. Be strong and courageous for thus the Lord will do to all your enemies with whom you fight. Then Joshua struck them and put them to death. The enemies of God will be defeated someday. Verse 14 of chapter 1 reads, Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? Ladies, have you ever considered that angels cannot inherit salvation? Actually, in Matthew 25, verse 41, Jesus said, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, it says that the angels long to look into the gospel. Yet we, the believers in Jesus Christ, get to taste salvation. And the angels are here to render service to us. Then chapter 2, verse 1 reads, 
For this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. Now, the reason could either be because the angels are there to serve us or because Jesus is greater than the angels or since we are allowed to participate in salvation and the angels are not. Or it could be all of the above. I like how the writer includes himself in the warning for Christian believers. He used the word we. We are to pay close attention so that we will not drift away. It carries an image of someone not paying attention while out at sea and then noticing that they have been carried away by the tide. Then verse 3 explains that the drifting away happens when we neglect so great of salvation. Great is another word that the writer loves to use. Here there is a great salvation. Then in chapter 4 verse 14 there is a great high priest. Chapter 9 verse 11 a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Chapter 10 verse 32 a great conflict of sufferings. Chapter 10 verse 35 a great reward. Chapter 12 verse 1 a great cloud of witnesses. And then a great shepherd in chapter 13 verse 20. Verses 3 and 4 of chapter 2 are the verses that lead me to believe that Paul was not the author because the writer said that salvation was spoken first through the Lord and it was confirmed to us by those who heard and testified by signs, wonders, various miracles, and by the gift of the Holy Spirit according to how God willed it. It seems that the writer did not experience Jesus here on earth but got the good news of Jesus through an apostle of Jesus. One thing we learned in the reading of the Gospels, a sign points to something, usually to Jesus. Wonders are miraculous events which evoke wonder or awe. The word for various means many colored, which is where we get the word for polka dot. So many colored miracles which are things that only God can do. When we studied 1 Corinthians and the gift of believers, we discussed that each person received various gifts to make the body of Christ complete. Then the writer quotes from Psalm chapter 8, verses 4 through 6. This psalm sings of the greatness of God and reminds us of the worth of humanity. God cares for his creation, his people, God cares for you. Verse 8 said that everything is subjected to the Son, but now we do not yet see all things subjected to Him. This is saying the question that many people ask. If God is in control of this world, why is it such a mess? The writer then said, even though we don't see the Son's dominion yet, but we do see Jesus. This is the first time his name is used. When he became human, he was made lower than the angels. He did that so that he might taste death for everyone. And now he is crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death. Then verse 10 says, For it was fitting in bringing many sons to glory. Do you realize that he does not bring everyone to glory? 
Now, some people hold the view of what is called limited atonement, that Christ died for only those who believe in him. And other people believe that Christ died for all, but because of people's choice, they choose to reject the gift. I am in that category. But as many theological arguments, it does not change any outcome. And someday we will fully understand. Verses 9 through 18, we see Jesus in his humanity and his suffering. And ladies, it's because of the humanity of Christ that we also have the superiority of Christ in this book. Here we see that everything exists for and through Christ, and yet he was made perfect through sufferings. Keep in mind that Christ was complete because he was God, but when he took on flesh like us, in his flesh, he was made perfect. Ladies, if Jesus made salvation perfect due to his sufferings, then there is a purpose for our sufferings. And one of those is that we become more like Christ. We who believe in Jesus and what he has done are now a part of the family of God. And Jesus is not ashamed to call us his siblings. Then again, the writer quotes the Greek Old Testament scriptures called the Septuagint. From Isaiah chapter 8, verses 17 and 18, then chapter 12, verse 2, and 2 Samuel 22, verse 3, Jesus died in his flesh and blood so that his perfect sacrifice would destroy, quote, the one holding the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. That's chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Then in verse 16, the writer said that Jesus did not reach out to help angels, but to help people, those of Abraham's offspring. Then it's from Isaiah chapter 41, verses 8 and 9. The word for help here means to take hold of or to take by the hand. Jesus had to be like us in every way so that he could understand so he could be merciful and a faithful high priest in service to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Verse 17, the word for propitiation has to do with the removal of divine wrath. God's wrath fell upon Jesus instead of us so that we could be a part of the family of God. Verse 18, for since he himself was tested and has suffered, he is able to help those who are tested. There is a chorus named He is Able by Rory Noland and Greg Ferguson. And it goes like this. He is able, more than able, to accomplish what concerns me today. He is able, more than able to handle anything that comes my way. He is able, more than able to do much more than I could ever dream. He is able, more 
wasn't able to make me what he wants me to be. Ladies, the Lord Jesus Christ is able. The question is, will we stay diligent in our faith instead of neglectful? If you heard his voice today, please don't harden your heart and drift away. Instead, let's be women who diligently seek him, pray and obey so that Jesus would not be ashamed to call us his sisters. Until next time, and thank you so very much for listening.